Welcome to the Health Fix Podcast, where health junkies get their weekly fix of tips, tools, and techniques to have limitless energy, sharp minds, and fit physiques for life. Hey, health junkies. On this episode of the Health Fix Podcast, I have Katrina Starr back on. Katrina is a coach, but not only that, she has a special gift to help people to connect with others and themselves. And we are going to be talking all about connection since Unfortunately, it seems that many of us have lost our connection with ourselves and being able to connect with others, our children, our family members, and even our partners. And so we're going to be going in deep to connect today and talk about what it takes to build connection this day and age. All right, let's get into the podcast. Hello there, health junkies. I have Katrina Starr back on today, and we are going to be talking about probably one of my favorite topics, connecting, because I have loved people since I was a little kid and loved connecting with people and chatting with people and just being able to, I don't know, I guess, feel and understand other people. But unfortunately, in society, we have some trouble even connecting to ourselves. So Katrina and I are going to be talking about that today. So Katrina, welcome to the Health Fix Podcast. I'm so grateful to be here. Thank you so much for this warm welcome. No problem. So the the heavy and the ever so evolving concept of connecting, because let's face it, if if all of us kind of dive into ourselves, sometimes even our health issues can be not connecting to what's going on. And we're going to dive in, of course, and talk about something that that you noticed with yourself and how it had to do a little bit with connection, but also different details in that department. Because so many people come to me as a doc and be like, doc, I've got XYZ symptom and I've tried this and this and I've tried everything. And I'm like, have you tried connecting with yourself yet? And most people look at me and be like, you're in the headlights. Like, oh no, what is she going to make me do? So Let's talk a little bit about connecting and, and talk about it in terms, you know, let's, let's get your perspective on connecting because I know we were talking about connecting to anyone, connecting to yourself, everything. So let's talk a little bit about it because you are the expert. You've been doing this for years. Let's really talk about what is connection on like a very basic level. What is connection? I love, love this question. So connection, basically the way that I see it, and I'm kind of into the places of understanding, um, you know, energy, we we are energy, right? We are moving energy and, um, basically connection is how are we connecting our energy with others? How is that interaction is, you know, interaction with a tree, with another person, um, interaction with our living space, interaction with our own body. How are we interacting and connecting, right? And there's this mutual reciprocity. It's the laws of the universe, right? Like we are always giving and receiving energy. There's always connection. And anytime we believe that we're separate from this connection that we're always transmuting, connecting with, um, that's where I I feel that anger, frustration, a lot of the um, separation comes in and we're working under like um, illusions if we actually believe that we're not connected. Yeah. And that's that's the magic. That's That can be a place of deep exploration for us. 
you know, I can think of not being connected and just thinking of like all the different problems it it brings out. One, not feeling a part of the crowd. Since we are kind of tribal people, we want to feel part of whatever movement or, or, you know, I'm thinking high school, grade school, you know, like wanting to be part of the cool kids, you know, that could be one thing or not wanting to be part of the cool kids and wanting to be part of the other, you know, groups in school. Um, then there's also the connection with like, I think relationships huge here. Because I wonder if a lot of relationships break up because someone feels that they aren't connected to the other person. And maybe if there was more exploration, there could be that. Same thing goes with children too. I, I see lots of parents and and mom-daughter situations. As we go through those teen years, there's some serious stuff going on there. So tell us a little bit, because I know you work with varied, I mean, I know you've worked with men and their relationships with themselves. I, I know you've worked in different arenas. What, what group, like, I guess maybe what age group do we really start to feel connection? Do we start to feel it as we're babies and toddlers in that world? How do we develop this sense of like, are we connected? Are we not? My, I'm kind of getting chills. My, my deep take on this is I feel as children, babies, infants, we, we understand separation. We start to learn where there's separation, right? Where maybe our needs weren't met. Um, where we were dependent on the care of another, right? So we start to learn. I believe that we come into the world knowing that we're so connected, knowing that there is no separation. I mean, we come from our mother, right? Like where there's the deepest place of connection. And we start to learn and get curious, I think, about the places where we start to believe, like inherently being shown, oh, you're separate, from the other and your needs can't be met. And I I think that a lot of the work that I've done for so many couples, individuals is the places where they actually feel more alone when they're in a relationship than actually just being single. Mm-hmm. Right. Where they actually feel so alone that they can't communicate. They don't know how to share, you know, some of the deepest places of maybe their pain or their their feelings of separation. Right. They don't even know how it's like a minefield of crazy landmines. Right. Where there's like, okay, how do I even tackle the feeling that I'm in this relationship, but I don't feel I feel alone and Mm -hmm. disconnected. Right. So I think us just being honest and accepting, accepting where we're at right here today in this moment, like that true acceptance helps us to start to connect. Makes Makes sense. It helps us to start to go, okay, well, I, my needs aren't being met here. Right. And that's where I'm feeling this place of separation to start to accept that and then move into that and get curious about it. It's it seems that most people do the opposite. They don't get curious about it. They see it as like, I don't fit anymore. Now I need to find something else or the next best thing or or something of that nature. I'm sure you find that to be true as well. Well, that is like and. Let me tell you, that is just perpetuating the aloneness. That's perpetuating this place of I'm, I'm too big. I'm, 
I have all these things, these secrets or these, this pain or the other person has all this stuff and I don't want to go there with them. Right. I don't want to, I don't want to unpack that stuff because that's scary. But the more the, the challenge is for, and I think a lot of us are very scared to go into those places because there is trauma, right? There is trauma bonding that can happen. And a lot of times the most, a lot of relationships out there are built on like quicksand. There's no depth. Mm. There's no roots and like these like deep rooted places to be able to sustain really meaningful conversations. And that's a lot of the work that I do is to help create those roots, help everyone to see that they really are, they can have these deep, flourishing, healthy relationships. You know, the fact that you said like a lot of relationships are built on quicksand makes me think, you know, about a couple different things. One in particular is, you know, when, when you're younger, you build relationships on kind of superficial stuff, right? You're like, we all like, I don't know why this is coming in my head, but my little ponies, right? Um, I'm dating myself now. Um, or, you know, and, and that would be a friend kind of situation. Or, you know, in terms of romantic relationship, maybe you you both like playing softball on, you know, weekend nights or something, right? And and that's where the beginning of that relationship is. Or you both like some sport of other, you know, skiing, biking, whatever it may be. And then beyond that, it's like someone doesn't want to ski anymore. Someone breaks their leg, you know, something happens. And then I start, that's what I've seen is folks be like, well, he doesn't ski anymore or he doesn't bike anymore. And so now we have nothing in common. And you go, oh, okay. So where do you start with folks to start exploring? Like maybe you do have deeper connections. Maybe you do have other things. What do you, what do you do first? What, what does someone do in that situation? So it's, you know, this is the childlike place of our willingness to get curious. Mm-hmm. Are, are you willing to cultivate and to start to get curious and to, to go into places of like, oh, wow, I had no idea that this, you know, that my partner or my daughter or this is for any relationship, right? Like I had no idea that, that they actually genuinely love this one thing. So it's about getting curious, bringing in that childlike curiosity and putting, putting to the side what we think the other person is. Mm. Putting that, like just saying, okay, you know what? I actually appreciate and actually really honestly respect this connection that we have and I'm willing to get to know you better and this can be for any like I have a three-year relationship right now and it's still like I'm like wow my mind is blowing up with like realizations that I didn't even realize that he likes certain things right it's like I can see where our personalities are so different And it's like, wow, I didn't see that before because I'm willing to like get curious. I like that. The willingness. And when we start to allow curiosity, when we allow genuine curiosity, genuine, like not just like, okay, I'm going to pretend that I'm curious. (laughs) Like, you know, I'm going to just ask some questions and, you know, kind of pretend that I'm curious. Okay. You answered. Okay, great. Now let's just move on. No, but like, genuine curiosity like 
being willing to be present and sit with them and see what happens from that. You could be surprised as to what evolves. And these deep connections do take time. Um, that's kind of my work with the quantum intelligence. Um, it, it's, it's places of subatomic energy. We're connected in so many ways we never thought. We're connected to our partner in ways that we could never even really imagine. And it's about allowing curiosity of how we actually are connected to them. Interesting. So a lot of people might be thinking right now, like, Katrina, what is subatomic quantum? What? Like, what? Tell, tell us more about that. Like, what? what is this stuff? Is this this vibes that we feel? Or is this, you know, the the energy? Like, what? Tell us more, because I have a feeling some people are like, so what, who, huh? who, what? <laughs> yeah, I, I know I probably lost a few of you. That's okay. And I probably like some ears probably perked up and went, oh, whoa, what's that? Right. Yeah. So within us, we have energy, right? And we have particles. We're made of DNA. We have things communicating within our bodies, right? And the, the purest form of energy at its biggest form is subatomic. It's like the, the basis of our creation of our universe. It's, and it's inside of us. And it's also connected to everyone else. And that's like, there's studies on this. You know, somebody um, could be moving through some really sticky places and trauma. And it actually sh is shown that it impacts people 3000 miles away. There's tons of this places of, as we're evolving and saying, yes, I, I want to understand connection. Yeah. That, that, that energy is real and it transmutes and it can show us. So basically you know, I don't want to get too sciencey, but it is real and it's energy. It's inside of us. And the more that we get curious about our interactions with others and how that ripples out into the bigness of, of this human existence, that's where like the mind blowing connections happen. <laughs> that's where we get to go. Like our, our child, like my, I'm going to give an example. So my daughter, um, uh, when I was three years old, I had this balloon that I just like absolutely adored. It was like a Mickey mouse, big giant balloon and it popped and it was kind of really devastating for me. But, um, when my daughter was six, she drew that balloon at the beach. She had no idea like when, when I saw that, I knew that that was the balloon that had such an imprint in my childhood of like loss. Like I felt disconnection from that, right? Like I lost this amazing balloon. And yet many, many years later, she just drew this picture, right? And it just came up and I was like, oh my, I felt seen and acknowledged and heard by my daughter who wasn't even around for that experience. My goodness. My goodness. Those things are really cool. Those kind of experiences where it's like, I mean, a lot of people will kind of blame them on like deja vu, right? Like, oh, it reminds me of this. But I think we should acknowledge these kind of things and explore them a little bit more to kind of see how we can connect, you know, back to different things and, and forward and, and how it kind of all interplays. So speaking of your experience with 
with your daughter and how that kind of played out. Now, you also recently had a rash that you had noticed that it wasn't going away for a while. And then in December, it finally kind of went away. And I'm really curious to hear a little more about that in terms of, was it similar in terms of a loss situation? Was it a different kind of thing? I'm gonna let you take over and give us a little background on that because I think for a lot of people who are listening, we've all been programmed to think that if something shows up in our body, we go to a doctor, the doctor fixes it. But I'm trying to break that mold of like, no, no, we have the ability to take care of certain things. Like if your leg's broken, okay, different story. Trauma, like leg gaping open, blood squirting ever, different story. Go get emergency care. But things that show up over time, there's something to it. So tell us a little bit about that rash. Tell us a little bit about how Connection helped you to be able to resolve the rash. Oh, I love this. So this rash was actually... I mean, in the big picture, um, it was actually because of a connection, right? Like the original root of it um, was stored emotions and anger and rage around um, my boundaries being crossed as a five-year-old. So um, that energy, you know, as a child, when when we have our boundaries crossed or things happen for us, right? Um that energy um, can be stored in our body and it can show up later in our, in our adult life um, as rash rash is a signal of the boundaries being crossed. Um, it can also show up in many different ways um, because it's energy stored in our body that emotions, those, those emotions from that event um can really, it can be stored. So I, so five years ago actually was when, um, I experienced a disconnection, um, a moment of like real abandonment, um, where it it triggered that deep, like long ago memory. And so this rash showed up, it was really itchy. I had to take Benadryl. And then I finally came to see you. Right. And I was like, this rash is making me crazy. I don't let, you know, and there wasn't anything really to solve. I just kind of went through the emotional addressed some of the places of trauma for myself. Right. And started doing a lot of work around it for getting lots of support. And then it only went up though to my, like the rash was just on my arms and legs and it never, like, I felt like it was supposed to rise up out of my head and just release. And it hadn't done that until it got activated again. Back in December, I had another abandonment experience. And so that feeling of disconnection triggered that original trauma that still hadn't fully risen out of my body. Hmm. And so I had like, I, like I looked like a boxer after a bad match. Like my face was, and it's because, you know, in that moment, I don't want to scare people. Like I, I didn't have the container of support that I thought. So usually when we're healing trauma, it doesn't have to manifest like a big, scary rash. Mm-hmm. Um, if we're having, if we have support from someone who really understands trauma, it doesn't have to get like that. 
I got to kind of experience what it was like to not feel supported um, and have some abandonment come up for me to be able to really allow that rush. And there was rage, anger, like my face was hot. Like I just let all this stuff just had to like come out mm-hmm. and there was nothing to fix. Right. It wasn't like I needed to go to the doctor. Um, it wasn't a medical emergency. It was just that all this stored energy that I had, it had built up and it created this belief that um, I was disconnected from all of this. Like it was hard for me to accept this rage and anger as a five-year-old. What is a five-year-old going to do with that? It's, you know, right. So I get to, so this is the call I think for all of us is to start to feel more comfortable with all of the range of our emotions, you know, and what I've learned is that I'm not disconnected from anger. I'm not disconnected from shame. I'm not disconnected from all of these things that are human experience. And yes, I get to experience love and joy and bliss but that's not the perpetual state. Like we can't, we are here to experience the full range of emotions and to be able to be supported and not disconnected from those. So that that's kind of the take on what happened for me with a physical symptom that showed up released um, and is continuing to show me where I can continually move into places of connection, where I can go deeper into myself and connect with myself, where I can go deeper into my relationship with my partner, with my kids, where I can continue to just say, yes, yes, I want connection. Yes, I desire more of that. It's so fascinating how our bodies have to come to a point like that, where it, it, you can get the, the raging rash, right. That it's like, hello, (laughs) I need something here. It's, it's wild. It's wild. And, and, you know, I think a lot of people at this point would be thinking like, okay, how do I know, you know, the difference between an emotional type of situation and, and a physical like there's a bug in the body causing a rash. And, Obviously, both of us would agree that it's best to at least consult a doctor. And when it gets to the point where they're like, I got nothing for you, this is when I will definitely be like, okay, we got to go to emotions. Now, I have a question for you that that's an interesting one that I kind of ponder about diving in deeper. A lot of people, because I know you work in group programs and things of that nature, a lot of people at first will be really hesitant to kind of dive deeper because they're going, what am I going to find? And how is my reaction going to be? So talk, will you talk a little bit about how you ease folks into kind of connecting with themselves and really exploring things where it's not so scary of like, am I going to cry for days and can't stop? That's legit. You've probably heard this. Women in particular will be like, what if I start crying and I can't stop? That's I've heard over and over again. I've even thought about myself too, actually. Um, So anyway. I'm talking too much again. Tell us, tell us what, what's, what's your way of like easing in with folks? Oh, I love this question. Thank you. First of all, 
I, I, in the places that I like to work with, it's always about permission. Always. It's all you, my, all my clients always, I always ask for permission and there's nothing that we won't like, I can't see or hear or tune in to anything that they're not willing to show. Like I'm, I'm very respectful of boundaries and places of um, what is comfortable, you know, and I'm also just really holding that place so they can relax. Mm -hmm. So in a lot of times without support is actually more terrifying. It can be more devastating to not have support to navigate these things. Whereas when you're actually in a place of genuine support, your, your system can start to settle a little bit, right? Your central nervous system can start to go, okay, I feel safe. Um, I feel heard. And I think this is, this is where I focus is connection coaching. Like I'm really in that place of really creating a strong foundation for the interactions that I have with whoever it is that I'm interacting with. So it's trust building, it's empathy, it's active listening, and it's creating um, a very personalized experience. And I think that actually allows us to realize I don't have to be stuck crying for days because I know that I can ask for support if I'm feeling that place of this deep stuff, right? I can ask for the support and say, Hey, do you have any clear? Is there clarity here that you can offer? Is there something that I don't see that you can help me to see? And I, yeah, I would say that the stuck for days is when we don't have support. If we're, if we're crying for days, that's when we don't actually have support. Thank you for sharing about that. Cause that's really, you know, connection is so fascinating to me. And and one of the things I was really thinking about is connection with younger folks. I feel like younger kids, let's put it that way, teens, even this this day and age, I mean, as a, a 40, mid, mid 40s lady, old lady, maybe to some of the kiddos, I feel like I am disconnected from them. But at the same time, every teenager that I've tried to talk to is literally buried in a cell phone. And is like, you know, doing whatever they're doing on the phone. And I feel like, are we going to end up with a society of kiddos that can't even say hi to someone on the street? It's it's mind blowing. And I know you have kids. So I would love to hear how you're working with your kiddos to connect better, because I think a lot of parents at this day and age have just been like, I don't even know how to connect with my kids anymore. I love this question. Um, so I want to share something as a, as what's possible mm-hmm. for kids. Um, we were in Sedona like a week and a half ago and the, my kids are very aware of emotions. Obviously they've been picking up on a lot of the things that I do. And I, and so we work through a lot of this together. And so, um, you know, there was this moment when my son was, he kept, we, I wanted to go see and go out and do this amazing walk. Right. 
And he was like, no, I'm tired. I don't want to go. And then he started getting angry. So, you know, he's a nine-year-old boy. This is typical, like navigating places of anger. And, um, and so that happened, like a couple different things happened. Like he wasn't getting what he wanted, right. In the way that he wanted it. Right. And so, uh, that can bring up anger for us, right? We're not getting the thing that we want in the way that we want and when we want it and how we want it. <laughs> and and I so relate that to now too, <laughs> right? For all of us. And so, so this place of, of realization, and then there was like two other things that had happened, and then finally, um, later that night, uh, he had this just awareness. He was like, "Oh, I." I'm actually sad. Like there's actually grief and sadness underneath my anger. And he just started crying. He just like, he just started. And my daughter immediately opened up the space of like really connecting with him in his heart and just like witnessing him. Mm -hmm. Right. And just like letting him know it's okay. It's okay to cry. It's okay to show that vulnerable place. Right. Um, and we didn't have to figure it out. We didn't have to figure out what he was crying about, what he was shed, why his tears were coming down, right? There was nothing to figure out. We just let it happen. Mm-hmm. And in that space, it was so magic. He felt, you know, just seen, acknowledged and and heard. And then later that night, it rippled to my daughter. Um, she was in her head, right? Thinking about things, ruminating, like, Um, she felt like a lot of different interactions with people that day where it felt off and she didn't feel like she could really connect with them. And it would created frustration in her. And then she ended up getting coached by my son. My son was like, well, how do you feel? What does it feel like? What's the sensations? What, what's happening for you? Like, and he was like, totally in his like little, like inquisitive curiosity, right? It's that place of curiosity of like, just, okay, what is it like to feel that frustration of not connecting? You know, what, what, like he just kept on asking and it was like a half hour and it was getting late. And he's like, okay, mom, now it's your turn. <laughs> and he would like, he'd like take like a two minute break and then he would come back on and he wanted to be there for my daughter. And then, you know, as it just evolved, we kind of all just got quiet. And then she just started crying. Like she just had this cathartic cry. This just emotional, like release. And um, I think that's one of the most extraordinary things that we can do as humans to offer places for the other to just melt, to be themselves, to show fully up, to not have to figure anything out, but to just be there and to connect in that way, right? And I think that the disconnection that we see with kids is a lot of it, there's not safe places. They they haven't felt really safe and allowing connections. Mm-hmm. And that depth, that experience, that depth, hasn't been shown to them Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and how are they going to do it if they haven't been shown or if they haven't experienced it so it's really our 
it's really our charge, our call to action is to be able to feel safe within ourselves as adults and to be able to see a child or somebody who's younger, who's experiencing different things, right? And to allow safety for them, Mm -hmm. to allow them to be seen and heard and that there's nothing wrong with them, right? There's nothing to fix. They're already whole and perfect as they are. And they get to be expressive. And maybe there's some places of support that they need and being able to navigate anger and grief and, you know, to understand those things as we all do. But I think when we genuinely can honor um, children for who they're trying to be strong, but let's let them be soft. Let's let them have places to just kind of put their armor down and to just be curious and not have to show up in these places of like the quicksand, the surfacey stuff. Let's let them drop in and feel safe and held in those places. I think that's where the major change can happen for us. Wow. I, I agree. I agree. I mean, I, I look at my own childhood and, and my parents, you know, they did the best they could, you know, with the the resources they had and the information, right, that they they did in, in terms of understanding emotions and things of that nature. And when my when I started to have some interesting, you know, kind of like depression, anxiety, it was mostly anxiety, like panic attacks and certain things. They just put me right to a counselor and a guy who was in a religious, like, I don't know if he's a deacon or what, but I'll just put it, maybe it was a deacon. And I was like instantly intimidated and instantly like shut down. I was like, I'm not talking to you. You're a dude and you don't look like my grandma. But if you look like my grandma, I might talk to you because she's safe. And I, I realize that now, right? But back in the, that time, all I did was battle with my parents because I'm, like, I'm not going to this dude. He's creepy. You know, he did not do anything weird to me. Nothing happened. But I can see where a lot of us, especially the teenager parent relationship can really fall apart. And then it carries into the dad. Because in my family, my mom and I, for years did not like each other like legitimately were basically quite rude almost like sisters that didn't like each other and my dad tried to just avoid us both and so it turned into a a family that didn't talk to each other even though we would hang out and we were cool hanging out with each other but like no one really talked about the real situation and so i love that you're working with families and working with with partners too to try to help get the connection reestablished between everybody. So I'm curious, how do you bring everybody together in terms of to work on connection? Do you start with one person? Do you how's it work? G- give us a, a breakdown of how how you work with folks and and families or or partners or I'll let you take over. So usually to be, like I've worked with families with young adults um in their 20s right there's the the usual challenge is growth Mm -hmm. in that type of situation and that can bring up a lot of anger so there can be very um destructive patterns in those types of situations so i would say that um the place usually of the invitation is if someone resonates with the energy that I'm holding, the space, you know, the connection, how I, my style, usually they'll, they'll reach out 
right? Um, you, typically, it's the woman that reaches out and says, hey, I'm struggling. I need support. Um, or my relationship is not where I want it to be. Or maybe it's my child who is really in a desperate situation. And I don't know, I've tried everything and it's not working. So those are usually the avenues. Um, there's different ways to, to navigate it. That's where the personalized plan comes in. And that's what a lot of people, that's why a lot of my clients love working with me is because I really tailor the personalized place, right? You can absolutely work in a group setting if that feels more comfortable. Um, a lot of times for men, the group setting I've noticed doesn't feel comfortable. And so the one-to-one -one is uh, where a lot of deep, major, major awareness and how to really show up for themselves in their relationships, right? It's really about them owning what they're capable of and the amount of love and connection that they can offer. And so it's really something that comes, I think that, you know, when I'm working with people, it's like this, like, yes, I want this. Mm -hmm. Like, I want connection. I will move through these places and know that I'm supported with Katrina um, because I trust that. It's like a deep inner knowing and a trust um, that happens. And it's just cultivating that trust. It's cultivating that relationship. And then however it unfolds in the place of coaching for, you know, if it's um, a couple that is like in crisis and they're, they've tried all the coaching, they've tried all the places of therapy. Um, one of my most amazing ones was 10 years of, of help that they reached out for. And they were finally like, I think we're done. And I was able to help them. And they are now like traveling, doing things together, totally thriving as a couple. But we were able to break through some of those things in their relationship that they never thought they could break through. Wow. wow. And a lot of it was anger. And the deepest place within a lot of relationships is anger and resentment. And a lot of people don't want to say the thing that they're, that's just like driving them crazy. And because they don't want to break the relationship, right? So it's really about having a container that's safe for self-expression to be able to really see what the resentment or the anger is really about. Because what we think it's about, it's usually not about that. <laughs> Isn't that funny how that works? I, I find that, you know, when I ask myself questions like, and, and I'll use anger with my husband, for example, because I mean, those things happen. And I'll be like, why am I so angry? And I'll it, superficial will be like, he didn't take out the trash or something really superficial, right? And then when you go deeper and deeper, you're like, oh, actually kind of has to do with me. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, always comes back to me. But I, I, I love that you're acknowledging that because I think for so many people, it is it is a thing that anger is, is really huge. And I've been told over and over again, when I've done energy work, like you had, like now I think it's better if someone, I haven't had any energy work done in a while. So I need someone to, to tell me what my barometer is right now. But I used to be a very tightly wound, angry person, which is strange because on the outside, you do not see that whatsoever. But apparently I was very angry and I had no idea. 
So I think what I'm trying to say here is you probably have a lot of people that come in and go, I'm not angry. No. <laughs> Tell us a little bit more about that one. Cause that, that was, Oh my me. gosh. I'm, I'm so glad we're talking about this because that was me too. Right. Um, in my twenties, um, I, oh my gosh, I was like the partier I did, you know, the 20 year old stuff, the rebellion, the, all the different things. Right. And then it wasn't until, um, my late thirty or my, then my early thirties, that some family member was like, wow, you have, a, you've always had a lot of anger. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> what, what do you mean? Like, that's not, no, I don't have anger. Right. And then it was like, I started writing. I started like really allowing things. My mom passed, um, she passed of cancer and like all this stuff started coming out. I was like, wow, I actually have a ton of anger. And but you would never think that like, oh, Katrina, she's just joyful and, you know, da, 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 like, you know, why would she be angry? Right. But in reality, there is, um, see, that's where we're disconnected mm -hmm. because as children, we said, no, it's not safe to be angry. It's not safe to experience anger. We're being shown by our adults, our parents, our teachers, uh, whoever that mm, your anger is not acceptable. Right. It's not okay to be angry. Right. So then we put on a false presentation to the world, you know, Oh, well you're right. I don't have anger. That's not really what I'm feeling. Right. That's not what I'm experiencing. So you're right. So the unraveling of that, um, is beautiful. And I just want to share that with anyone who's listening. If you feel, you know, there's all these disconnection in your relationships, um, anger is not really a part of it, but there's like a feeling of loneliness, isolation. Um, you're not feeling the full expression of what you know is available. Like, you know, like we all know those moments of love, when we feel connection within ourselves or we're feeling it with another person, we know what's available. So if you're feeling that I usually it's about anger, but I'm not going to say, Oh, you have anger. Right. Like instantly, you're like, oh, I don't have anger. Oh no, right, not down. me. I don't. <laughs> don't tell me I have anger. So it's a tricky, you know, it's a beautiful, it's about getting curious and just going, oh, I can kind of start to get curious about, hmm, maybe there is some anger here. Mm -hmm. hmm. Maybe actually there is some resentment and that resentment is actually what's, um, why my marriage is at the verge of divorce. Maybe this resentment is why I am not showing up as a parent to my 12 year old. Like I know I can, mm -hmm. because maybe there's resentment of not really wanting a child. I mean, there's deep stuff here, right? Deep, deep stuff for us to just honor and get curious about. I love talking about the deep stuff. And I know that a lot of people look at it and they go, well, maybe I don't want to go that deep. Like, cause then what do I discover? And then what happens to my life when I, when I go deeper and I myself was one of those people that was like, I I'm very superficial. We're not going deep. Nope. Not going there. 
but then it was like holy cow like there's a whole nother side of life once you you go in there and you feel a lot more free so i'd love for you to explain or 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 chat a little bit if you if you've got an example of someone who was like i i want the help but i don't want the help because i'm afraid of going super super deep and kind of you know i don't know let's talk about deep like going in deep what are the benefits that's what i'm getting at the benefits from going deeper what kind of things might someone experience once they go in they reconnect at a very deep level what kind of things might show up for them then oh my gosh they don't have to have these masks the masks that we put on the masks of the superficial um and also the health the health implications the burdens of showing up a certain way that's really not how you really are that's like a heavy weight that impacts you it's like a pushing down it's physical like if you feel tired and fatigued in your shoulders and arms a majority of my clients all have back pain um they all have like i actually had a bladder i thought i was getting um it's a interstitial which is an inflamed bladder And that showed up when there was actually betrayals in my marriage that I wasn't aware of. I didn't know why that was showing up for me. Mm -hmm. So when we're, when we have physical ailments that are unusual, or if we're experiencing stress and overwhelm and anxiety and depression and anger, um, if we're in those places, The advantage of going with a guide with support is that you can help to shift that. It can, it can actually release and there can be places of freedom within yourself to feel like you can express and speak exactly what you mean and for it to be received by the other person. That is freedom. For us to be able to say exactly what we mean and to feel safe in that expression and then for the other person to actually be able to receive that. That's the deep work that I do with couples is for them to be able to express and share and learn how to navigate their own triggers, right? Like this person just said, okay, I'm not happy with whatever this is. And then for the other person to be able to receive that and not make it about them, right? So we're not always projecting and going into these places with each other um, where it is a real surface level. And that depth, what happens is it's like playing in the mud. It's like um, when I went to Thailand, um, we were at the conservatory for elephants and helping to take care of them, right? We, we, really felt called to just be a supportive place for them and to go into the mud was joyful it was like this place of experiencing all of the range so i would say when we go deep it's just about experiencing more that life has to offer it doesn't have to be scary um what's scarier is the overwhelm depression grief stress disease, um, 
that's scary. That is what you take to your deathbed. And in the last days I witnessed with my mom, she's like, man, I wish I would have spent one more day in Glacier National Park. Like these things that she wanted. Um, I think when we don't address the depth that's possible in our life, when we get to our place of our deathbed, it's going to happen for us. Like our body has to release stuff. Like our body is going to release things, right? So do you want to deal with it now? Or do you want to deal with that stuff on your deathbed? That's pretty profound. And having had a mom die of cancer as well, I think we both kind of have seen it firsthand as to a life that didn't get to live the full extent. And I truly like believe that my mom's cancer was because of a lot of anger and different things that had happened in her life that, yeah, she never released. And so I, I think it's profound for folks to think of it that way in terms of what can you do now so that the rest of your, you know, however long your life may be, you live free. Huge. That is a freedom that is there is no price you can put on that. There is um, that type of freedom. I mean, I saw we I saw it in my mother's eyes. The the things that she wrestled with in her last year of life was like a huge wake up call for me to go. I'm not going to that trajectory. That is not where I'm going. Mm-hmm. I I desire to be in these places of deep connection with myself, with all of the people around me. I desire to cultivate and get curious and get playful and messy and really allow um, this lived experience. And I think there's this one thing that came up Um, for most of us, the, Joy, I think um, Brene Brown talked about this. Joy is like one of the most terrifying things for us. And I just did a a course for people called Unleash Your Joy. And what happens when we really touch joy is is actually an access point for us to heal trauma. Mm -hmm. And, And so do you want a joyful life where you embrace all of it. You embrace the anger, the grief, the sadness, the dis-ease. You, you can live a joyful life and experience all of these frequencies and colors and textures, right? You can do all of that and also be really honest with accepting your anger, accepting shame, understanding what it is, how to transmute it. Um, and I just, it's an invitation to play in this life. It's an invitation to not think of it like, oh, I have to do all that. That's terrifying. (laughs) I don't want to do all that. And, but it's worth it. It is worth every, every amount of energy, of investment, of time to do that work. It is absolutely, you don't know until you know. It's true. It's true. And that's the one hard part um, that I would say about this work and getting folks into it 
but once they're around others who are like them, who who are experiencing opening up, it's like you never want to go back and you want to hang out with people that understand what it's like to to live a free, joyful and and just be you like get to be straight up you. It's precious. You know, okay. Ah, you get to be straight. And you know what? The most, I would say the most powerful thing in all of this is that we're shedding manipulation as a collective. When we say, yes, I want growth. Yes. I want to be able to experience more. We are actually saying, you know what? I'm letting go of the ways that I manipulated circumstances, experiences, relationships. I'm willing to let go and let that not be part of who I am. Um, and that's a huge thing for us as, as humans to recognize, wow, these masks that I have are actually about manipulating a certain situation and to just go, wow, what is that part of me that wants to be loved just a little bit more? What, what is that? Why do I need a mask to show up? And the most insane, like I just had a session with a client last night, the place of the deepest burden and stress and pressure is from ourselves. Yep. (laughs) It's from ourselves. We are doing it to ourselves. It's not the other person. It's not your position in your career. It's, it is, it is, we're doing it to ourselves and we're manipulating ourselves (laughs) Manipulation is such a powerful word, right? Like, wow, I'm manipulating. I'm showing up in a certain way to try to get what I want. I want something from that because I don't believe that it'll come to me in a more genuine, authentic way if I really just show up as myself. And that's 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 the medicine, right? So huge. So huge. Wow. With that, I think we have a mic drop there. And let's talk about your extraordinary relating experience, your program that you can share your gift to help people connect with each other. Because just right there, helping folks acknowledge that it's within you is is huge. Tell us about your program. Tell us about what they can expect and how to connect with you. Thank you. So first of all, you can check out my website, katrinastar.com. You'll see all the info there and ways to connect. You can just connect with me on a short call just to see, you know, get to know. I'm super chill when it comes to getting to know all of you. And I I'm actually sickened by a lot of the techniques that happen in the industry with sales and marketing. So let's just drop those masks and be who we are and just show up for each other in ways that are real and connected, right? That's so important, first of all. And the place that I'm, so I've done many, many programs over the eight years, like lots of different things. What's really come through is I know that I'm here to help people connect. And the extraordinary relating experience is about you being able to connect with yourself, um, singles, couples, 
and it's brand new. And so this is a place where we can start to play and get curious. And what I'm doing is providing places of one-to-one support, or it can also be a group program. So if this interests you or excites you, you can message me. I have other offerings that are available outside of that, of course, um, because it's always personalized. If something doesn't fit, we're not going to go there. Right. And, but this is an opportunity um, to work and to see how I show up for you. This is a way to be held and seen in a safe container. So the Extraordinary Relating Experience is, um, I'm unleashing a lot of different ways to connect. You can do the ultimate connection challenge. There's so many different ways to connect with me. Like I am about connection, right? So we're not limited to one particular thing, but I do really want people to understand that there are places that are very specific that we can offer. So the Extraordinary Relating Experience was really born from the place of my own partnership with the man in my life. And I'm like, I want others to know what's possible. Like, like, Every single day, I'm blown away as to the depth and the connection and where it can go. And I want others to know that that's possible in all of their relationships. And so I'm here to show that and to demonstrate that. So um, this place, reach out, connect, get curious and see what's available for you. Awesome. I love that. I love the idea. I mean, I just love the idea of helping people connect because I think if we can help more people connect, we can get a, a, a world of folks that are better at connecting with each other and having, I don't know, I just have to feel like society will get a lot better if we can just know how to really connect with each other on a deeper level. It's, you know, we've forgotten how to connect mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's devastating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the beautiful thing is that we can learn again because we already know how it's just we've forgotten so true so true well guys you heard it here we're going to save the world one step at a time here through connection so katrina thank you so much for coming back on and sharing with us all about your programs, but not only that, the wisdom that you have with connection. And I look forward to talking to you again here soon. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate this space today. Beautiful conversation. My pleasure. Hey, health junkies, are you feeling just off, feeling like you're aging a little bit faster than you want to and wondering what in the world is up? Hey, I might have some answers for you and some direction. If you want to chat with me, I am offering complimentary calls right now. You can head over to doctor spelled out J K R A U S E N D dot com. Take my quiz, click on the schedule of chat, and let's talk and see if we can get you in the right direction. And if I'm able to help you, I'm going to let you know. Otherwise, I'm going to help you find what you're looking for. Head over to drjkrausnd.com and check it out now. Hey, fellow health junkie. Thanks for listening to the Health Fix Podcast. If you enjoyed tuning in, 
please help support me to get the word out about the podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review, and just get that word out. Thanks again for listening.